0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach, Helen
1: Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love, to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista license is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall.
0: Welcome to the Primal Alternative podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kale Brock, who is just launching his amazing movie called The Gut Movie. And you'll be able to watch that around Australia at various locations, which you'll find out about in this episode, and also get to meet Kale himself. Kale is seriously cool. He is a 26-year-old surfing Aussie who has got a peaked interest in the gut microbiome. Kale offers us heaps of actionable tips in this episode of how you can optimize your own gut health whilst staying in Australia. Kale moved to Namibia for a week to study a real-life hunter-gatherer tribe just to um, get an idea of how they live, how they eat, how they socialize, how they sleep, and to check out their poo. So it's a hugely interesting topic and it makes me giggle because I really love talking about poo. And I know you're going to love this episode Um, and I'd love you to check out Kale's movie. Look out for it, the good movie. Um, Go to Kalebrock.com, get your tickets and hang out with some uh, poo-loving pals in your area. That's the thing to do. Now, if you want to try living a primal lifestyle so getting back to a plant-based diet with some good quality protein honoring sleep honoring spending time in the environment social connection really just kind of taking life down a notch and chilling out your brain decluttering your social media planning a primal celebration dinner you could check out my 21 day challenge it starts on monday so uh, if you want to join, just head to primalalternative.com, 21-day challenge, or just Google Primal Alternative 21-day challenge. It costs 40 Australian dollars to join up. How doable is that? Um, the whole challenge is taking place in a f- closed Facebook group with other women just like you who want to take their take their health to the next level, the um, results that people get in the 21 days always blows me away. Um, So really just imagine how would you feel after 21 days of eating plants and animals, meditating, repeating affirmations, sleeping, and really just getting things um in order. You're gonna feel freaking awesome. That's how you're gonna feel, and that's a lovely fresh feeling to bounce into the Christmas period with because I know that for a lot of us, Christmas is it's like, yeah, it's a nice time of the year, but it's also highly stressful, it can be financially difficult, it can bring up a lot of emotions, um, family issues. So you really wanna be bouncing into Christmas. Feeling resilient, being able to handle life um, with grace and ease. So, enjoy this episode, join me for the 21 day challenge, and I'll see you on Monday. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I am joined by fellow Aussie, Kale Brock. Um, Kale is an award nominated writer, producer, and speaker and has recently traveled to Namibia to live with a real life hunter gatherer tribe called the San, where he ate like the tribe, hung out like the tribe, slept like the tribe, and even collected some of their poo to bring back to Australia <laughs> in the name of research. I'm so excited to have you on the show, Kale. Welcome.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Helen. I'm looking forward to it, uh, all our discussion about poo. I'm sure we're going to talk about it a lot and lots of other stuff as well.
0: It's uh, my favorite topic,
1: poo. I love it. <laughs> Great. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So what I'd like to find out before we dive into anything is what Kel brock had for breakfast.
1: Uh, what I had for breakfast this morning, I had um, fermented bircher. So um, I made up a bircher mix. Normally, I have some of my friends um, who's on the couch, Dr. Damien, Christoph, um, but I actually I made my own little gluten free bircher mix and had it fermenting in coconut yogurt for about. Um, five or six days, and just had that with some almond milk. And our neighbours have got some a mulberry tree, so um, and it hangs over our fence. So I presume I just declare those mulberries mine <laughs> and uh, put them in my bowl and have that with the with the bircher and some almond milk, and it was delicious.
0: Making the most of the low hanging fruit, absolutely. That sounds great. So how yeah. do you how do you make the bircher? So you just got the coconut yogurt, your gluten free uh, like muesli mix, you put the two together, and then just literally leave them to do their
1: yeah essentially um we've got uh some buckwheat in there um some or cashews some almonds some coconut i can't remember everything else um and a little bit of dried fruit i think some sultanas in this one and um all organic and we let them sit in the in the probiotic rich coconut yogurt for a, a little while Um, and that just pre-digests a lot of the carbohydrates and, um, nullifies a lot of the anti-nutrients found in like the buckwheat, for instance, um, And then it becomes this um, pro and prebiotic powerhouse, which is incredibly good for your gut. So um, I I do enjoy because now that I've moved to Sydney, I get to surf every day. Whereas back um, where I'm from in Adelaide, it was hit and miss. So I'd be much better off with um, a more fat, protein based breakfast. Whereas here, because I'm doing so much exercise, I tend to do a lot better with um, a few more carbohydrates in the diet. But I just try and be a little bit conscious about what sort of carbohydrates and where I'm getting them from. Certainly not in the typical packaged cereals, um, but more, you know, your whole food sources.
0: Perfect. That sounds delicious. And there's nothing like a nice little bircher, and it's already ready. You can just get it out and, you know, there's not that preparation. You've already done that five days ago, which is totally cool. So, Hale, when did your interest in health and well-being begin?
1: I was 16 years old, so I was quite young. I was diagnosed with a heart condition called supraventricular tachycardia um svt for short yeah. and i would experience uh, arrhythmias uh, to the point of almost fainting um and as an avid surfer <laughs> almost fainting out in the ocean is not, not such a good situation no no so we went to the, d- the doctor and i got sent home with all these little um battery packs attached to my chest and we were trying to work out what this thing was and uh, long story short, they said, oh, we know what that is. It's SVT. Uh, what we'll have to do is is get you in for an ablation. And an ablation is where we um, cut through your groin or go into the armpit and we enter your heart and we burn away a piece of the heart, um, <laughs> the sinoatrial node, because it was malfunctioning. Um, so I thought it was a little bit strange and illogical to um, just destroy the piece of the heart that's not working. You know, why can't we look at fixing it? Um, then they said, you know, there's not much you can do. Uh, this surgery might work, and we can't even guarantee that it will. Um, And, you know, you might have to get it again in a couple of years. I was like, no, I'm not going down that route. Uh, So this was pretty early on. This was before nutrition was cool and in the media and stuff like that. Um, And I was introduced to a naturopath who was very, very generous with the time. And I've been working with her for now about nine years. And she was able to teach me in a very short amount of time some very basic principles, uh, which completely turned things around. So in about six months, I had turned that condition around naturally. And um, to this day, still have to manage it, yeah. and I'll probably always have to manage it um but it's certainly not a part of my life anymore the way it was and uh, um, now and more of a journalist and taking on the role of a of a storyteller in this industry and generating discussion and awareness as opposed to giving out advice which I think is sorely needed because there's too much advice out there
0: (laughs) and it's so overwhelming and confusing isn't it you know on one hand you've got you know people saying being a vegan is good for you and then fat's bad for you on a fat's good for you again and you know to the point where people just think oh it's too hard they throw up their arms they're like look this is too hard and I was actually listened to um the podcast that you did with Marcus and Demo just recently, like last week, I think you released that one on the couch on the 100 Not Out podcast.
1: Was this the Any recent emails? one? Yeah.
0: yeah, 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 And on there, you were saying how you're you're bringing, uh, you know turning this and you know, contributing to the to the discussion, but not in your in your movie, the good movie, which is coming out really soon. You're not um, telling anybody what to do, right? It's not like this is what you need to do, and everyone no. comes out of the cinema going, "Oh my God, I'm going to die if I don't do this." which is refreshing. <laughs>
1: yeah. I just think it's it's needed because um, there are a few reasons why uh, the natural health industry is getting so um, attacked and, um, has so much negative interest and it 's not just pharmaceutical interest although i 'd say that 's the the major reason um it 's also because we do have some people out there who are who are dishing out advice or ideas that are not so beneficial to the to the public and I just think that um, the more we proceed with caution and proceed with um, empathy and acceptance and um, you know take everything with a grain of salt the the better off we'll be you know, and um, I've always sort of vibed with those sort of people who don't like who don't tell you what you should be doing. Who, who they empower you to um, discover what you should be doing, and I think that's um, what I've tried to do, and what I'll continue to try to do with with all the storying that I or storytelling that I do throughout my life. And it's not just going to be gut health related, although for now it is.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. So, like, it, I'm, I'm just like totally. My mind is blown that at age sixteen, you had you know, that that uh, kind of like confidence and that second guessing to, to to you know second guess a doctor. And when you when you're talking about your heart, you, you can't really mess around much there, can you? Is it is, is you, your your were your parents really supportive and a little bit sort of anti conventional wisdom at the time, or is this just all your own amazing guidance?
1: Um, I had, mum was, mum was very supportive in that, um, she just said, you've got to make the decision because, wow. you know, I was at an age where, um, it, the repercussions were mine <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, it was my body and, and I was, um, empowered to make that choice. Uh, but no one, certainly no one was into natural health. Um, or holistic, you know, just well-being in general. We weren't really aware of it, Um, although certainly now everybody is, which is pretty cool. Um, But it's been... I think a very long journey that whole uh, rebellious streak and rejecting authority unwarrant unwarranted leadership is something that I th- find I detest you know I, I used to deal with first it was teachers who were um, you know who were bad teachers then it was um, managers who were bad managers and, and then it was you know people who just um, clearly hadn't done the research and weren't providing any logical um, explanation of why I should take a certain route mm. and uh, for me it always comes back to logic you know I don't think you have to um, just take advice because the person giving the advice wears a white coat and has gone to university you know university is so limited on its own anyway Um, so yeah I think that's always been there and it wasn't just in the in the health situation it's been in every situation in my life and it's certainly got me into probably a lot of trouble but it's also led me down some some good paths as well and this is one of them that's
0: awesome so when you met the naturopath you said that she uh, she gave you some new uh lifestyle protocols to put into place um what what were they and how do you uh without sort of wanting to give yourself a, a title wh- how would you describe how you live your life now
1: it was a, a long time ago. So I was um v- vegetarian at the time because I had watched a uh Jamie Oliver uh investigation into I think chicken meat or something like yes, that. And he killed, and all thought,
0: chickens, all, all killed all the little chickens, or killed all the chickens. Oh my goodness, I remember that
1: one. It was something crazy. I just thought I can't I can't do this anymore because I didn't really realize that there were different meat industries, you know, and they their universes apart. Um, so I just grouped it all together and said I'm not going to eat meat anymore and that didn't particularly work for me because my alternative uh, f- food source was carbohydrates <laughs> and that was it. Um, yeah. And my carbohydrates were coming from pasta and bread and cereal <laughs> and all these things that you you eat when you're a, a hungry, ravenous surfer teenager. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't particularly working for me. I was living with constant high blood sugar, constant hunger, um, constant chest infections as well. Um, so she very slowly gave me, you know, drip-fed me advice, which I think is a really um, under-emphasized, under-appreciated method. Uh, she just fed me some advice about balancing blood sugar, about supplementing missing parts of the diet, some minerals and trace elements, probiotics, and some good quality antioxidants. Um, and I just did the basic things, and it took me, you know, a little while for it to really kick in. And then um, from there, I guess I started doing all my own research and. Did the whole shebang, you know, it wasn't like I just landed on this perfect diet and then decided that this was it, this is the perfect diet that was going to save me. I went vegan, I went raw vegan, I did paleo, I came all the way back to full circle to um, the advice that um, this wonderful naturopath gave me at the beginning, <laughs> which is important, I think, because you need to go out and experience these things, or at least I do, because I need to check them off the list. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, now, now I just live a very... Uh, relax. I try and live a re- relaxed, slower lifestyle. Although at the moment, I'm not really achieving that.
0: Not when um, you're in movie. Launch. But yeah,
1: I'm. Uh, it, no, no. <laughs> Interaction with my environment is super important mm. to me. Um, so really embedding myself in in nature every single day. So this morning, I surfed for two hours and. Um, you know, the next tomorrow morning I'll go paddling on the the river for a couple of hours and, you know, I just try and, or I'll go fishing or, or, uh, uh, um, foraging or whatever, you know, all these different things just to really, um, stay natural and live a naturalist lifestyle. I suppose that's the best title if you want to put a label on it. It's, I'm going to try and be a naturalist. Yeah. So the way I move, the way I exercise is very primal and natural and, um, Yeah, I just try and stick away from anything negative and (laughs) try and move towards things that are positive and the same goes with with food as well. We um, shop at the local farmer's market. We do a little bit growing our own. We steal mulberries from the neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually steal them, but Yeah. um, yeah, so it's just trying to live in alignment with nature.
0: Yeah, I love it. And so you've already like rattled off some wonderful lifestyle rituals there. Um what do what do Cale Brock's workouts look like? Or would you say like two hours in the surf is enough?
1: Two hours in the surf is definitely enough. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I'm feeling pretty stiff now but um only because it was an intense surf some two-hour surfs are very gentle and easy it just depends um but a lot of my movement principles just come from a friend of mine who owns um, a gym here in Avalon um called Balance Studio and it's just like all primal movement so a lot of locomotion a lot of gymnastics acrobatics sort of stuff and um handstands rolls you know (laughs) all that sort of thing but then also um getting specific um to counteract the the bodily effects that surfing has on you even though i'm probably doing the worst thing ever is lying down with my neck up which is what i do surfing (laughs) this
0: morning Um,
1: (laughs) looks comfortable yeah so i've (laughs) i've typically done a lot of um put a lot of stress on my neck so i need to Mm -hmm. um consciously activate my my back extensors and um my my scap muscles and and um, stretch what's tight and be specific at the same time as yeah. as enjoying all those locomotion things. So um, yeah, it's just a. I don't love the gym like it's not. Um, I'm not. I don't love the gym as much as I love surfing. But I know that I need to go because otherwise I can't continue surfing as much right. as I want to. Yeah,
0: and that's definitely not negotiable. That's not not something that's going to happen. No. no. Absolutely not. Nice. Yeah. So how would you go? And I love that you you know you've uh, you've journeyed through all of the different paleo, vegan, vegetarian. You know you you've travelled through all of the uh, different uh, labels, like, for want of a better word, um, of of styles of eating to come to you know a kale brock perfect thing that suits you which is really what all this is about isn't it it's not fitting into a box it's about becoming an expert in ourselves and and working out what works best for us whether it be the food or the lifestyle or the the movement whatever you do um if you're feeling good then you know you're on you're on the right tracks but how did you take this passion and this um you've obviously got you, you you're more of an you got more of an interest and more uh motivation to research than like your blogs a normal person so where did you go with this um you know this this quest how did that take you to you know writing your books your amazing website your amazing movie the courses you've got that's just phenomenal how did you get from there to there
1: i think i was just solving my own problems um uh, the, i mean the first thing that comes to mind when you say courses is my fermented foods course and um the reason I, I just taught myself how to do that was because there were the only people who were out there sort of teaching fermenting were saying, "Oh, you have to use my culture." You know, by the mm-hmm. way, when you buy this book and you learn this method, you have to buy this culture, and it's like, no, you don't. That's yeah. ridiculous. So, um, there, I was just filling gaps in in the market, and not even from a business point of view, just for my own. Um, <clears throat> satisfaction and ease of living, you know, and it was the same with, with um, books. Essentially, the book is a roundup of the advice that I was given by that wonderful naturopath and then supported with what all the rest of the world, um, world's greatest practitioners were doing and, and what the research was saying. Um, so, you know, it, again, it's it's not like I just came up with these ideas and, and invented them or whatever. It was, it was just taking information that was already there but presenting it better yeah. And I feel like that has that sentence is completely my job. Um so and it's the same with the movie, you know, just in letting the experts do the do the scientific talking, but um being an expert in in um wrapping that all up in a nice comprehensive enjoyable bundle. Um and that that's I suppose been a part of what I do is is making it enjoyable. Um yeah. because Sometimes when you do watch these movies or you uh, read those books, they're they're doom and gloom and they're boring and there have been so many health books that I just shut halfway through because they're crap, you know, they're so boring to read Mm. and I didn't want mine um, to ever be like that. So I've always tried to embed a little bit of humor and fun um, into whatever I do just to inspire people and to... Let people know that it's okay to not take yourself too seriously (laughs) because I never do. Um, Yeah, because it's rife throughout this industry and we've seen it with, you know, some people get attacked and the first thing they do is they attack back, whereas, Mm. you know, you can always laugh it off or find a good spin on it. Or turn it into a good thing. You know, I've, yeah. I've certainly had um, my fair share of funny social media moments and people <laughs> tend to get a little bit crazy when they're behind the keyboard, but you can yeah. always turn that into a funny thing. You know, it's inspired a lot of um, funny videos, which I put out there on Facebook, you know, and, and I think that's great. So um, if I, I'm comfortable in in where I'm at at the moment, um, mm. in in finding some sort of, joy and, and comfortable space in the health movement. So I don't know if it's it's widespread working or whatever, but it's working for me. So it's <laughs> it. important.
0: No, I love it. And like I said earlier, Kale, it's just it's just it's really refreshing because quite a lot of the documentaries that we watch you know, it's like similar to you having to close the book, It how you know, you'll get a few minutes into it. I'm like, turn it off, turn it off. I can't stand to see all these sick, fat kids. Or, you know, I've been to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the cinema, uh, look, watching movies along, uh, you know, health movies and being literally in tears for these poor people in so much pain. And, and so I think that adding a lot of humor and lightness to it really helps to keep it light and make it not so doom and gloom. So real credit to you for that. That approach is so cool. So take us to Namibia. Oh my goodness, you actually <laughs> lived with a real tribe. Was it like why Namibia? Why? Why? What was the idea behind that? Share with that. Share with share with us that.
1: <laughs> uh, it was basically just trying to find the, um, the as to go as far away from Western civilization as possible. Um, as far away from modern medicine as possible, to um, our primal roots, really. And Jeff Leach of the um, the American Gut Project or the Human Microbiome Project, um, he's been doing work with the Hadza in Tanzania, which is not far from who another who are another uh, Bushmen, essentially. Bushman tribe, and um, he's been doing microbiome research with them for a long time now and has been publishing stuff about their microbial diversity being really superior to any um, Western samples and things like that. And he famously did um, his own poo transplant, uh, a DIY fecal microbiota transplant on um, using the sun's poo, So sorry, using the Hudson's poo. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, you know, all those little indications were really interesting to me, um, and it wasn't possible to go and and film with Jeff uh, himself so i sort of looked at um where else were uh, tribes living a very traditional lifestyle africa being obviously the um or the uh, postulated root of um all humanity so i thought it was pretty logical to to go there and and live with the sun and um it was an incredible experience you know we had we were out in the wild you know we found a conservancy that um had a group of people who were living traditionally from the land and the way that had been set up was that tourists could come and experience that in a gentle way or a or a authentic way um and they pay a little bit to do that, and that actually helps the conservancy exist. It helps the restaurant or the uh, maintenance of the land and um or all the allocation of the land uh, be sustained because you know Namibia is not a um economic powerhouse, and <clears throat> unfortunately, money does play a big role. and uh, if we're if tourists are willing to pay thousands of dollars to come and see African animals in a nature reserve, sometimes that means that the government wants to kick out the Bushmen who live in that area, you know, to create a reserve, which is sort of this weird dichotomy because they're putting the land aside to maintain it, but they're, they're, putting the people out. Um, so it's this very interesting situation to to go there and see and um, to see how far removed they are from Western society. And um, the sun, essentially, they're not all living naturally. This is a thing. There's this mix of um, the population and some of them are living in town you know and um they are quite sick they they often have alcoholism not dissimilar to um, some of our indigenous populations you know there's that mix of living traditionally or adopting certain western principles um and then the further removed they are from western society the healthier they get so it was very interesting to go to the other end of the spectrum and see uh just how wild <laughs> it could get and um to live with them, to to hunt with them, to forage with them, to um just see what they did every single day was just incredibly fascinating. And then, of course, to to look deeper and see what their microbiomes look like, and um to see how mine changed whilst living with them as well. So yeah, it was it was quite a fascinating experience.
0: So you went you went all out. You didn't just do the teaching on the edge of the tribe. You went in uh-huh. for the full authentic experience for a week. You were there, right?
1: We were there for a week. Uh, the only thing I didn't um, really do authentically was um, sleep. I had a tent because um, there are scorpions and death adders, and I thought it's probably important that I actually return from this So I did sleep in a tent, but no showers, no mm. um, no washing up, no nothing. Just um, living naturally
0: mm. and, and eating their food and and drinking their water or did did they – tell me more.
1: They actually have a well. Mm -hmm. So they've – someone has come in and built a well um, or the foundation has been able to raise enough funds to to, um, make a well. So it was sort of a mix between that water and water we brought in for the crew and stuff because obviously the crew have got to have some water – but, you know, yeah, just not not living clean at all, living quite dirty and um, eating food straight out of the ground with all the dirt on it and – um all those and eating things straight out of the fire with all the charcoal and the and the sand particles on it and really getting in touch with with nature and what i had to offer
0: and so what would a typical day look like within the tribe i know um listening to another podcast you did you said that they uh, wake up in the morning but there's no like straight out the door to work obviously uh they they warm themselves around a fire and have a kind of slow introduction into the day then what do they do? Is it just a case of lounging around, grooming each other, getting food, connecting, going back to sleep? What what they to do without social media? Yeah, job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. It's it's so community minded. You know, mm-hmm. it's not really what they. It's what they need to do. Um, mm. that determines their activities for the day. And often they do need to go harvesting uh, and foraging. So, and, But it's not hard. This is a thing. Within a two-kilometer radius of the camp, of the village, they um, have access to hundreds of different foods. And, and we were bringing up kilos of bush truffles and bush potatoes within 500 meters of the camp. It's just insane. Um, and – Unless, also they, they go hunting and that's always um, interesting. So the, the men go out and they read the signs for animals, for things like kudu and um, various other antelope-like uh, creatures which yeah. they hunt and um, not often successfully. Okay. They actually do fail a lot of the time, so which results in them uh, living off predominantly a plant-based diet. Mm. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of relaxation around the camp and often the men have a fire and the women have a different fire and the women sit around and they chatter and they laugh and they're having a really good time and the men are more somber and they sit there and they just have low-mumbled conversations. It was so interesting to see um, that whole – Um, relationship and and how comfortable everybody is with their position in in the community and how there's no real leader and there's no real um, idea of ownership and, you know, everything's part of the community and when you go and get food, you get it for the community and, you know, um, everybody looks after each other and everybody um, everybody has a say in the decision-making which affects the community, you know. It was just... Really cool to see something so uh, something that looks so simple, but was mm. so complex and and solid in in its um, in its nature.
0: And there's something when you're talking about it, it just seems it's almost like with relief that I'm hearing you say. It's like, oh, that sounds that sounds so good. And I don't know, like you know, we've now our society um, we're, we're so far removed. We're so far removed from that. So it's kind of it's almost like. I don't know, like an ancient knowing, you know, that you know, some part of you can remember being like that, hmm. instead of being all isolated I think on your so. own these days. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I certainly brought those principles back with me to Australia uh, in a big way.s The emphasis on community and how important it is, and and who you eat with is almost as por- as important as what you're eating, you know, and. and yes. uh, To be in touch with your food supply and I've I've hadn't fished for probably 15, no, 10, 15 years um, and have just started taking up fishing again to to do my own version of hunting. Mm. So, you know, all these things just which really carried, um, which I carried home with me and The importance of environmental interaction uh, in in not only uh, emotional health but also physical health in in how much it actually um, determines and influences the gut microbiota, which are present.
0: Mm. So tell me a little bit about the parenting and the children. Was there uh, like did everyone share the uh, responsibility of uh, of child raising?
1: I think so, I mean, we couldn't work out who was the actual mum of each wow. child, so I guess that's a pretty good sign and another thing we couldn't actually work out who was um whose partner, who was whose wife or or whatever the equivalent um so that was really interesting to yeah. see and um you know most of the everyone's almost you know top half naked um so the children are just you know suckling at the breast all day and um you know, and then and then they're going and eating bush potatoes and um it's a very I don't want to say it's cold. It's a very um, stoic. It's a very stoic uh, environment. You know, things just happen, and nobody stresses too much, and everybody's relaxed. And wow, yeah, it was. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it's completely different. We're <laughs> so far removed now from mm. from that sort of thing, and it makes me think. Um, it makes me appreciate what some of my Italian friends do, and live with their parents. You know, and have their grandparents living out the back, mm. and all these different things. You know, which I'm previously would have balked at, but now I sort of go there's something in that that's mm-hmm. um, very important and inherently ticks off some sort of primal checkbox that yes. we need to have covered if we want to live a long, happy life because that's what a lot of these um, uh, traditional cultures do and uh, experience those who live really long lives like the Okinawans, the Icarians, um, even the, the the Hunza as well. They all uh, maintain their community ties for the the for, the Mm -hmm. majority of their lives, you know, and they work up until the day they die. So, I think that's just incredibly important and we underappreciate that. We Um, do. But when that comes back to the gut as well…
0: Sorry, you go.
1: Oh, I was just going to say that when it comes back to the gut as well, obviously there there is such a solid connection between our, our gut and our brain and um, our emotional state. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it obviously has a, a big part to play in that equation as well.
0: It's amazing. There's so many facets and it's so complex. And really our generation, well, I'll say our generation, I think I am a bit older than you. But how old are you?
1: I'm uh, 26.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, I'm definitely a bit older than you. I'm 43 three to 40 something anyway you sort of lose track what do they say 40s
1: 40s a new 30 30s a new 20 all that sort of stuff so
0: what, what are you then 16
1: I have no idea I don't know someone asked me my age the other day and I, I actually forgot so it's obviously not an important thing well, wow
0: you're doing amazing things at 26 and and it's really refreshing as well you know to see such a fresh face because the majority of people in this industry are around my age or older who have tried the you know conventional wisdom for so many years and then completely broke and then you know and now so you're so lucky I wish I'd known what I know now when I was 16 <laughs> but anyway but anyway I digress so tell me about the movie um when's it coming out where is it going to be do we get to meet you if we come
1: <laughs> I mean the pretty much all the screenings I'm I'm attending because I've uh given myself the unfortunate task of organizing them which has been pretty uh, stressful. Yeah. Yes, um that's that's yeah, that's <laughs> on the next one definitely I've been telling people on the next one it'll be funded by someone else and uh mm-hmm. someone else will do all the post production work and I'm not doing anything. Um life. but <laughs> You do, but I think you have to wear a lot of hats when you first um when you do your first whatever whatever it is yeah, you ha- you have to wear all the hats which is good because it it informs your decisions later on anyway. Um, But with the tour, uh, I am actually coming around um, Australia. I'm going to most locations, any that we could fit in um, before the end of the year because those of you who um, have run any sort of event, you never, ever do them in December and you never do them until February or March the next year. So we could only fit in so many in in November Um, and we'll look at – potentially doing some more and filling in those um location gaps early next year but um yeah it's just going to be a fun sort of evening where we do screen the film and hopefully people have some laughs and and walk away with less of a stigma about things like poo <laughs> Hello, and um poo. Yeah, and really uh, learn some stuff as well, even though I really wanted it to be not so much about learning but more about inciting discussion. Obviously, there's a lot of really cool information in there as well about the gut and the microbiome. Um and we're doing Q&As and giving away a bunch of prizes and all that sort of stuff. But I think the reason I really wanted it to be in cinema settings as opposed to like community halls and stuff like that was it had to be, I think, the vision we got and the yeah. everything we've got really warrants a cinematic experience because it's quite a beautiful film. I mean, in regards to um, health films, it's definitely... Um, well, I think we've got like four or five stock video clips in there, whereas most mm-hmm. health films have the majority of the film is stock footage, you know, <laughs> which is yeah, not right. typically create, creatively interesting. Um, and there's not an excessive amount of talking heads, you know, we each, um, each expert has their own little section at certain times, you know, and we, we go through topic by topic in a very gentle, journey based way, which I, I know I learn better from. So that was why, mm-hmm. um, we wanted to, take that approach with the film so yeah i think i'm really excited i'm actually to be honest i'm actually a little bit nervous about taking the movie around i think we've we've got over 2000 people booked in and um that's like, I think, 55 or 60% full.
0: Wow. And um, by the time done. we
1: actually start, yeah, by the time we actually start, I'm assuming it's going to be almost full, and that's even more nerve-wracking. So hopefully hopefully people like it.
0: <laughs> oh, they're going to love it. I mean, it just sounds absolutely amazing. So I, I, can you tell us um, about the SANS gut microbiome, or is that kind of like the key part of the movie? No.
1: I mean, it is it, how my <clears throat> how my microbiome uh, changed is is quite uh, impactful in the film. Um, but the gut microbiota of the Sun was very very interesting and very different to us in the West. Um, their gut pH was um, specifically quite quite optimal <laughs> compared to us in the West. So they had a very uh, expanded uh, number of um, Bacteroidetes versus um, other bacteria um so their inflammatory profile was very impressive um so very uh they had a high capacity to downregulate inflammation and um <clears throat> that was actually transferred through to me in a in a certain way so it was all excuse me <laughs> i just had um a big kombucha it was all quite um interesting to um to see, you know, and, mm-hmm. and bring it back to the to the labs and um, see what the see what the data actually said because you, it's hard to argue with data. But at the same time, because um, we're in a <clears throat> we're in a field that is so um, in its infancy, and you know, we know we only know such a small fraction of what there is to know about the gut microbiome. It was just sort of it was quite objective, and you know, it wasn't so like oh well it's i mean with some of these documentaries and they do the guinea pig scenario um you can test something like cholesterol you very easily you know there's one number or there's you know a yeah. couple of different numbers that you can go yep improvement from x to x whereas with my microbiome it was kind of like what is an improvement you yes. know what is uh, what is a positive change and what can we measure you know that that really um gives it some impact so we basically just had a look at um The only thing that's consistently talked about as being uh, a healthy indicator of microbiome health, and that's microbiome diversity. So um, you'll see some, yeah, some very visually interesting um, diversity plots where I started off on one end and ended up on the other. I'll say that.
0: (laughs) It's It's so fascinating. And did you change how you felt over that week? Did you come away more relaxed, more happy, more grounded?
1: I feel like emotionally oh, it was just such a beautiful time away uh I don't know whether it was holiday mode or even though it was a work trip or um or or it was indeed the the diet or or whatever, but certainly just felt brilliant the entire time you know great energy levels and um great sleep excellent sleep well that's something that i've always um that I always have to be very careful of is, is sleep because if anything I'm such a sensitive sleeper, if anything's out of whack, like the yeah. Wi Fi is on or something, I'll yeah. feel it, I'll wake up and I'll be like, Oh, hey, the Wi is on just let the Wi Fi <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or there's a little bit of light coming in the room, like all those different things. So I had really great sleeps and mm. um, great poos, you know, all those things that you hey, you, you associate the with gut.
0: Things in life I reckon.
1: Yeah.
0: A good sleep and a good yeah. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true yeah, so and how different you cool. feel when you don't have a good sleep and a good dirt that's, that's the key thing isn't yeah. it that's the key thing okay yeah. so and now this is like a massive question I don't expect you to um, give us all of your knowledge in one answer Kale but other than going to live with the sand in Namibia how could <laughs> how could an average person make some improvements to their gut health just by continuing to live in in western society
1: yeah I mean, I always tell people to start uh with whole foods and and see see where you naturally uh feel inclined to go from there because I think the whole food story is um it's an important place to start with because I think without trying to get too um ugh, cheesy about it we are all unique and we all do require i think personally different nutritional needs um, I don't think everybody has to be keto I don't think everybody has to be paleo I don't think everybody has to be Mediterranean you know I think um, within the whole food spectrum there are so many different pillars that we can rest behind and naturally there's going to be different people um, who, who uh, reside with with different areas of that so um, the, one of the biggest principles I like to share is listen to your inner nutritionist and um yeah but first you need to get in touch with your inner nutritionist and i find that some people are a little bit lost and they think their inner nutritionist is craving a Kit Kat when really it's just some candida or some maybe a a yeast infection of some sort so or a parasite infection so um i think it's really important to do the cleanse work when um you're being told to by a good practitioner because they do know what they're doing most of the time and um to put in those hard yards initially to actually cleanse the system and then and reset because that's what I did. And that's essentially what I sort of was getting at with the gut healing protocol was to provide a bit of a reset with the gut microbiome so that then from there you can find where you sit uh, with your nutritional needs and that's going to change with where you live, your activity levels, your stress levels, um, again, who you're eating with, all those different things and it's going to change over time. My nutritional needs have changed from two years ago to what it is now. Like I was saying to you at the start of the interview, Um, because I surf so much here, I I typically just have more carbohydrates, you know, and so it's pretty hard to avoid. Um, When you come home and and your glycogen stores are uh, depleted, your body will crave carbohydrates, which is a completely natural thing. And if you're not trying to do keto or whatever, oh, I'll naturally go into ketosis um, in the mornings when I go surfing on an empty stomach and come back and don't eat breakfast until 11 o'clock. You know, I think for me that's a natural thing Process to to do that. So, um, really, I, I hate sounding so vague, but. I think if people can start with whole foods, you know, eating lots of vegetables and a little bit of animal protein if that sits within your ethical um, standards or, um, and embracing healthy fats and mm. pretty much ignoring mainstream health advice, um, taking probiotics and, and avoiding antibiotics where possible, mm. all these different things uh, have a massive impact on the gut microbiome and getting out the house. Oh, getting out the Shock. house and interacting with your environment. I know. See, so this is the thing. We, we sit mm. for eight hours a day. We come home. We sit some more and then we lay down in bed for eight hours. It's like you, you're not living like a human and your your health is going to be a reflection of that. So and there's this whole thing like, oh, well, you got to work nine to five. Well, you don't anymore. The world has changed. That's so true. That bricks
0: yeah. and mortar, um, you know, old school mm-hmm. business of nine to five. You know, driving to a certain place to work to come back again—it's falling apart. It's—it's it's relevant. Look, here we are. You're on the other side of Australia, lying down in your bedroom, uh, doing an interview with me, who's <laughs> in the middle of the. Bu- You're in the middle of the forest. I'm in the middle of the bush at my kitchen table. <laughs> We didn't need to wear a, yeah. a suit and a tie and, and go to a person no. to do this, did we? So it, it, and you know that's a really exciting message for a lot of um, people who've who've come from the corporate world and um, they're just used to sitting in front of a whirring computer all day, and then they come home and they've just got the buzz of the fridge. That it, it just mm, it makes the body so stressed, whereas the body, the human body, um, the genes are expecting. To see the trees moving, mm. the clouds moving, the crashing of the waves—even just talking about it makes you go, ah, doesn't it? I love it. So yeah, I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think you've been vague at all. I actually think you've absolutely nailed, um, nailed the message about becoming an intuitive eater, listening to your in- internal nutritionist, I love that one, that's so cool, I'm going to start <laughs> using that one, but the, the reality is that most people don't even know when they're hungry and when they're full, they're just eating, aren't they, by yeah. the clock, and then they're just clearing their Most place. people
1: are thirsty, most people are actually thirsty, not hungry, that's what I've found, It's chronically dehydrated, that's one of the biggest problems that we just do not address. <laughs>
0: mm, so true, but plenty of delicious mm. um, rainwater here, which is very nice, so lovely. I want to get a ticket um, I'm coming to Perth, which is about six hours from where I am. Um,
1: wow, that's a big commitment. Far out, commitment. I hope the movie,
0: I hope it's good. <laughs> Matt, it better be good. <laughs> it better not be crap. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I seriously can't wait. So where do I go to get a ticket?
1: Uh, it's uh, mm-hmm. dot au forward slash gutmovie. Oh, so it's pretty easy. Yeah, and it's all over Facebook uh, as well. I mean, uh, just this morning we had the guys at Food Matters share the trailer, which was pretty exciting. So um, it's getting a big boost at the moment, which is nice. Um, but, yeah, kalerock.com.au forward slash gut movie, and all the dates are there and the trailer's there. Um, so it's pretty easy from that point. Yeah.
0: And the locations that you've got that you're uh, on your tour are Melbourne, Albury, I have to just say that, or Albury, because I'm in Albany, <laughs> which, see, it's so <laughs> new, it's oh, of course. It's good both... surf down there. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Uh, Perth, yeah. Cairns, Brisbane Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, Byron Bay, Avoca Beach, and, yeah, kalebrock.com.au. Now, if we uh, couldn't get to the movie but we wanted to work with you, hmm. what would be the best place to start?
1: <laughs> I don't do any coaching anymore. Um so I don't know in what context we could work together but I well I'm not not even too busy and this goes back to that whole thing is that I don't want to be too busy. Yeah. And um I it, what you say no to is almost in, is as important as what you say yes to. So um I've had to say no to a lot of opportunities over the past um couple of years to protect my time which is one of the most important things to me. Um And, you know, and it's being comfortable with with earning a certain amount of money and not getting lost in this um, very systematically uh, created, curated system where um, the government wants you to earn a certain amount of money so that they can earn a certain amount of tax from your efforts. And I don't want to be a part of that. So (laughs) long story short. They can contact me. They can send me an email via the website. I'm not going to give it out because I already get too many emails. But uh, if you really want to do your do some digging, you can you can find it on there. And um, yeah, obviously I can point people in the right direction.
0: That is so cool. And I know time is so precious, and I'm so grateful. For your time today and for saying yes to being <laughs> thank on the you Primal alternative podcast all the best with the gut movie hopefully i'll get to you. give you a big hug when you come to perth um the west australians are going to embrace you with open arms and uh, all the best Thanks they do
1: you. already they're I love the Western Australians. I've had some incredible events out there with um, Dr. Andrea and um, Dr. Ashley from from the Wellness Women. And uh, Perth holds a very special place in my heart, and so does Margaret River down that area too. Awesome. So, um, and I say that with all sincerity. I'm not just saying it because you know I'm, you know, I don't know where your listeners are from. I I do sincerely love that part of the world.
0: Oh, it's an amazing country with with beautiful spots, and you know I've only discovered a couple of them so far. So. So much yet to do, but I'm going to wrap it up here, Kale, <laughs> because I know um, you've been very generous with your time so far and I will see you in Perth.
1: Thank you. Thanks very much for having me, Helen.
0: Pleasure. Thank you, Kale.